Hello everyone and welcome back. Today we're going to discuss pepper, a little spice that has had an immense impact on the history of the world. I guess I should clarify what I mean by pepper. The word pepper is used throughout the world to refer to a wide range of items, ranging from what is now known as a capsicum here in Australia, to what is known as chili, to pink pepper and Sichuan pepper, to actual pepper, which is the dry berry of the vine Piper Negrum. I won't go too much into the chili as we did that in a previous episode. Piper Negrum is native to the Malabar coast of India, including what is now a part of Kerala and Karnataka states. It is completely unrelated to the capsicum or chili family, which originates from Central America. The history of the use of pepper goes back to about the 10th century before Christ, when it was referred to in Sanskrit literature. Pepper was one of the first commodities traded between Asia and Europe. During the Middle Ages, pepper was a very valuable commodity often referred to as black gold, and people would often be expected to pay their rent in pepper. Later on, around 1453, when Constantinople was conceded to the Turks, the West needed to secure their source of spices. Christopher Columbus set up to find the Spice Islands, but instead ended up in the Americas. The Europeans didn't stop there though. The search continued and in 1498, Vasco da Gama landed in Calicut on the Malabar coast, where the Portuguese colonization of parts of India began. If you travel to Kerala today, you can still see reminders of the Portuguese settlement there, such as St. Francis Church in Kochi, where da Gama was originally interred. When I visited the church with my husband and daughter, I could almost feel the spirits of those from the past. An interesting feeling for me. Over the years, various Western powers, such as the Portuguese and to a lesser extent the Americans and British, would challenge each other for control of various parts of the spice trade. Over time, the value of pepper and spices decreased and became a lot less profitable and are today no longer exclusively luxury items but are commonly used in kitchens, industries and homes around the world. Did you know that the taste, color, size, aroma and intensity of pepper varies from place to place and indeed from farm to farm within a very close geographical area? In that way it can be compared to wine. As wines can be paired with foods, the same can be said of pepper varieties. Some varieties are suited to meat dishes, others to fish, vegetables or even desserts. Now when I cook, I select the variety of pepper that I use by considering so many things. Among them is, what am I cooking? Does it require a soft and a delicate flavor, or is it able to hold its ground against something stronger? What other spices am I using? Are they hot, sweet, or tangy? With spices creating a good balance between all the categories of spices is quite important. You have the hot, sweet, tangy, amalgamating, and pungent. I also think about the people that I'm cooking for. What might they like? So many th different things to consider. In one small region in Kerala state in India, 31 varieties of pepper are cultivated and the differences in the varieties are huge. Did you know that India has a tribal population that covers about 15% of its area? In Kerala, some of the disadvantaged tribal groups are now growing organic pepper for export. One interesting variety is cultivated by the Manan and Palian tribes in the Periyar region of Kerala near Thekadi quite close to the border with Tamil Nadu. 
This specific pepper is grown from original cuttings of wild pepper vines in the jungle. The peppercorns are smaller than the better known telesherry pepper, but they pack a punch with a really hot bite followed by a clean, fresh taste. When I visited the Pedriar region of Kerala, I asked the chef, the very talented Jerry Matthew, at the hotel we were staying at, a really nice resort called Spice Village, whether he knew any good spice dealers. He connected me with a lovely gentleman called Sudhir. Sudhir picked us up at the hotel and took us on a spice adventure, which was more than I could have imagined. Our first stop was the outskirts of the tribal area, where people are not able to visit without an invitation. However, just outside the gates, we encountered a really, really interesting garden. None of us, including Sudhir, knew the owner, but he decided we should visit anyway. I was a bit concerned, so I asked him what would happen if the owners found us going around their property. But he told me not to worry, we just had to make a little conversation. I thought, okay, I hope you're right on this one. I was getting pretty nervous. But after a few minutes of us casually walking around, checking out the pepper vines and other plants, the owner came out of the house and introduced himself with a smile. He happened to be a former banker who reverted to farming for his retirement. He proudly showed us around the property, explaining his crops to us. It's hard to explain that feeling when you go from thinking that we might be considered as an intruder on someone's land to being a welcome guest. That was something that we encountered several times during our travels in India. I think it's one of the reasons I keep going back. My absolute favorite pepper variety of the ones that I have experienced is grown in the Shimoga Hills of Karnataka State. It is the Karimunda variety of pepper, but the conditions under which it is grown and processed have resulted in an exceptional, exceptional product. The black outer layer of the pepper is shiny from the high concentration of the essential oils, and it has a beautiful, distinct, almost floral aroma. I was quite taken aback by the intensity of these essential oils when I was introduced to it in Kerala. The heat from this particular peppercorn is lively and strong, slow to develop in the mouth but it really lingers for a bit. I sampled several varieties of flavor combinations that day and had to take a break after this one until the flavors dissipated. The ways in which pepper is used varies from place to place just as the use of spices does. From my research, I get the impression that Western cuisines often combine ingredients that share some of the same flavor molecules, such as asparagus and butter. In contrast, Asian cuisines, in particular Korean, Thai and Indian, combine ingredients that share few, if any, flavor molecules in common. As a result, Asian dishes have the effect of waking a much higher proportion of taste buds with each bite than Western ones. Not to say that Asian is better than Western, it's just to show that ingredients have different roles to play. In Western food, pepper is used in relatively small amounts to brighten up and complement the other ingredients. While in Asian cuisine, it is used as a main ingredient where the heat and aroma of the pepper is one of many star attractions. In Thai food, for example, sprigs of young, aromatic green peppercorns are used as an ingredient in curries, stir-fries, and soups. The heat isn't that intense until you bite into the pepper, but it gives consumers the option to have it hot or mild according to their preferences. I have had black pepper crab in Singapore and Malaysia, which was absolutely delicious. An exquisite variety of pepper called Kampot pepper is also found in Cambodia. 
and use in a similar fashion to Thailand and Malaysia. The flavors of pepper harmonize with the flavors of many other herbs and spices, including cardamom, cloves, coriander seed, fenugreek, ginger, and would you believe it, chili? Pepper and chili are not suitable substitutes for each other as they stimulate the taste buds in different ways. The heat from peppers from the compound piperine and not capsaicin as it is the case with chilies. In India, in particular southern India, pepper is used as a prominent ingredient in curry style dishes like chetinad pepper chicken with chili as its sidekick to increase the long lasting heat without decreasing the woody piney and floral aromas from the pepper. They actually also make a curry where the star ingredient is fresh green peppercorn or black when fresh is not available. It is a very, very labor-intensive dish made with peppercorns and green chilies which have been previously fermented in buttermilk. It's not an everyday dish, but I was fortunate enough to try it and learn more about it when I was a guest at the Bangala in Karaikudi, known as one of the best restaurants in India. I met the amazing founder, Mrs. Minakshi Mayapan, who graciously arranged some cooking demonstrations for me and shared her knowledge about business and local food. I really couldn't believe that she started her business when she was about 67 years old and is still going strong 20 years later. One way in which I really relished the flavors of fresh green pepper was when it was made into a paste and used to cook fish before frying it. Freshly harvested green peppercorns are combined with ginger, garlic, salt, turmeric and a little chili powder as well as curry leaves to make a paste. The flavors are bright, aromatic and like a party in the mouth. This was in Kerala, the home of my spice exporter friend Sudhir. We picked peppercorns and curry leaves from the garden and they were used with local river fish sold by the tribal groups in the area. I found the visits to spice plantations incredibly interesting and enlightening. A lot of people tell me that quality spices are expensive. The reason is that they are very labor intensive to produce. Pepper vines grow to be very high and require something tall to climb on or they need to be planted near trees, which they often wrap themselves around. Ladders are made of bamboo and people need to climb up the bamboo ladders, gently harvest the pepper, collect it and take it to the processing area where it either gets dried for green peppercorns, plunged into hot water and then dried for black peppercorns, or soaked and macerated to produce white pepper. Much, if not most, of the pepper production is done by hand. They are then graded by size and quality before being packaged for local sale or export. The grading by size is done by using large sieves with specific sized holes in them. The smaller peppercorns fall through the holes while the larger ones are left behind. The aromas in the processing facilities are quite impressive. Similar methods are used to process cardamom, often grown in the same fields as pepper but processed at different times. One interesting point is that some spices, often referred to as pepper, are not pepper at all. They are from completely unrelated plant species. What we see in shops labeled as pink peppercorns could be ripened Indian pepper, or more likely than not, a completely different species, one which grows on a tree, not a vine, and is native to Peru. The pink pepper originating from Peru does have a warm, sweet flavor, but it is very distinct from Piper nigrum. 
Another not pepper variety is Sichuan pepper, a berry from the prickly ash tree. It has a warm and fragrant flavor and leaves a numbing sensation in the mouth. It is often used as an ingredient in five spice blends, as well as salt and pepper dishes in Asian cuisines. When the seed pods are harvested and dried on ripe, it is known as Sancho pepper, a costly spice used in Japanese cooking. True pepper, as in different forms of Piper nigrum, comes to the market in many forms. Fresh green peppercorns, dried or brine green peppercorns, white pepper, true pink pepper and black pepper. The most commonly found one is black pepper with its characteristic flavor. European cooks often like using white pepper as it has a less intense flavor and doesn't show up as black bits in sauces. White pepper is also used a lot in Thai recipes where black pepper would overwhelm a lot of the other spices. The best way to find out what works for you is to experiment. Open the packet of any pepper you choose, bring it to your face and inhale deeply. Imagine those flavors in your recipes. Then taste a little of the pepper. If you're sensitive to heat, try it with a piece of bread or something similar. Try using different peppers in the same manner and observe the differences. Remember that there is no right or wrong way and learn what works for you. One thing though, please do not buy ground pepper from the shops. Pepper that has been ground and packaged has already lost most of its flavor and aroma. It tastes like cardboard to me. Pepper grinders for the table are inexpensive and easy to find. If you're using pepper in larger quantities, grinding the whole peppercorns in a mortar and pestle will make a huge difference to your final dish. People often ask me why my dishes are so fragrant. The reason is the fact that my spices are freshly ground. I am always here to answer questions about the use of spices, especially in terms of their use in Mauritian and Indian dishes. Please let me know if there are topics related to spices that you are interested in or would like to know more about. I look forward to talking to you next time. Have a great day.